selamat malam semuanya. Uh, terima kasih udah bergabung kembali di UX Indonesia Meetup. Hari ini kita akan mengangkat topik mengenai bringing questions into focus for the learners uh, bersama Bapak John Mason dari Charles Darwin University di in, uh, I almost say Indonesia, no, but it's from Australia. <laughs> uh, I would like to introduce uh, Dr. John Mason uh, uh, from Charles Darwin University to uh, say more about himself and share with us tonight about the thing that he's doing in um, Question into Focus for the Learners. Time is yours, John. Okay, terima kasih, uh, Bu Yunis. It's wonderful to be working with you again and uh, uh, selamat malam uh, semuanya. Uh, yeah, but tapi tapi saya uh, bahasa Indonesia uh, tidak cukup bagus, so I am talking in in Aussie English. I hope it's okay for you and you okay. can understand. So here's the outline of 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 the discussion presentation tonight. I, I'm just going to say a few things about myself. Um, why I think making sense of the world is an important thing to keep on doing and why questioning is uh, so fundamental uh, to to that uh, thing that we, we all have to do as human beings every day. We have to make sense of the world. I want to talk a little bit about the question formulation technique. Some of you may already know a little bit about uh, this technique, QFT. Um, if, if you haven't, um, I'm going to give you just a... Uh, uh, a, a brief introduction to it, but I've I've been using it for many years with with my students, and I'm finding it to be a very powerful uh, way to engage uh, my students uh, in in learning how to ask their own questions. Uh, so I want to focus on that um, uh, when I get to it in, in in the slides. There's a few slides before that, and of course I want to interact with you. So um, I would invite you uh, to interrupt me at any time if you want to ask a question along the way. But I think also, um, uh, Eunice, uh, you have also some other uh, place for questions using Mural or you want to use the chat or what, what do you think with the number of participants tonight? Oh, okay. So for the activity letter, uh, I mean, like for the question, just like uh, as usual, we, if people have come here before, uh, yep. Just write the question on the chat forum yep. and then uh, we're going to discuss it later uh, or maybe if, if John wants to stop a while then we can also discuss it as well. Okay. So, uh, yeah, John, you, you can just like uh, check on the chat forum yeah, yeah. and okay. uh, for the activity, uh, um, I'm actually uh, sharing the mural here, like uh, we're going to use the mural letter. Uh, okay. But if you are uh, if you are on uh, mobile phone, I'm not sure if it will it will work. But if you can uh, go to your uh, desktop or uh, laptop computer, uh, because it will be more fun doing uh, the activities uh, using your uh, desktop computer. But yeah, uh, uh, time is yours now, John. Okay, terima kasih. So. Um... This is a picture of me I, just a few years ago. I'm, I've got a few more wrinkles on my face since this picture, but uh, I just want to show you that I'm social distancing. 
uh, on the beach at Darwin, no, nobody around. It's a, it's a common experience uh, you can have if you come to Darwin. Uh, hopefully when uh, all the borders open again, uh, if you have an interest in coming to visit uh, Darwin and my universities, uh, it, it would be wonderful to see, uh, see you come here. Okay, so a little bit about my research interests because um, uh, I am working at the uh, at Charles Darwin University. Uh, I'm a lecturer there, but I also engage in a lot of research uh, there. My focus is all around digital learning and uh, digital infrastructure. It's it, it's history and its and 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 its futures. We have a course we run at, at CDU called it's a master's course, a master in digital learning futures, and it's all about uh, looking at all the kinds of possible and plausible uh, uh, futures that we might uh, might be in front of us in terms of how we might go about learning, and it's it's really interesting for us now in this in this time with with COVID that uh, the kind of uh, digital uh, environment and digital learning we're all uh, engaging in now, uh, we, some of us just weren't prepared for this. Uh, many schools weren't prepared for this. Some universities were not prepared for this. Um, but it's uh, w one of the things we do in, uh, when, in, in, in that course that we run there, uh, Digital Learning Futures, is, is focus on, on, on mapping out all the different kinds of plausible futures by taking a, 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 a good, um, careful audit of all the innovation and, and current technology trends. I'm also interested in sense making, and I know um, a lot of you on this call are, are very much involved in UX. And and before the UX uh, word um, term came around, um, of, of course we we're all uh, talking about uh, you know user design and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, the the term sense making, if if you track track it uh, back to its roots, it's used in a number of different. Uh, uh, academic traditions and and one of those traditions is all around human computer interaction uh, if you if you're interested in what what the history of HCI is all about it's it's pretty much a lot of it is all about sense making and sense making being something that's a little bit different to making meaning so that's that's another area I'm, I'm interested in interested in open educational practices that's using all the uh, different kinds of tools, um, open educational resources, uh, being able to share content freely, I think is important. Um, but I also think that there's a lot going on uh, educationally in terms of um, how we go about teaching. And, and, and so I'm seeing uh, a lot more willingness uh, amongst educators to be sharing the way they they teach. There's there's more team teaching happening. There's more open practices, uh, even some examples of open assessment. Uh, in 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 uh, in the research world where we're publishing all the time, uh, th there are also uh, practices around open peer review, and that's. Uh, being transparent about the, um, the the peer review process, and and I'm a great believer in in uh, the power of openness, and I think openness is a is a wonderful wonderful thing to be working with 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 within education. 
And of course, questions and, and, and question formulation uh, are, are the big uh, research interest that, that, that I have. In addition, there's, there's lots and lots of other stuff and I, I can get distracted uh, quite e easily when something new comes along and uh, I get engaged in, in a conversation uh, with someone. So uh, I, I, do, uh, I do find myself um, looking at a whole range of different uh, uh, research topics as well and has been to do with wisdom uh, working with a couple of colleagues uh, looking at ideas around local wisdom and how that's a that that can be a very powerful counterpoint to to global competencies and and and, and global worldviews it's really important to to think about what we can what wisdom we can find locally and how we do things so um, just an example, just recently, I'm also interested, I, I, I like to uh, uh, write a lot and I, I publish a bit and um, I'm very interested in this new theory that's that's being, that's emerging uh, within the Asian region. Um, a lot of my colleagues within the Asia Pacific Society uh, for Computers in Education, uh, that's APSI, uh, we, we put on uh, an, an international conference every year, the ICCE. Uh, this year it was supposed to be in Darwin, but we, uh, we've had to cancel that and we're just going online. But there's a journal that's associated with the, with the society. And uh, for, for many years, we've been talking about um, some of the problems uh, in, in education today. And, and one of the problems that a lot of the Asian researchers were pointing to was that there's such a strong examination-driven system uh, throughout Asia, uh, which, which brings about a lot of high stress um, and a lot of other problems uh, for the students. And um, it's, it's a little bit incompatible with, with student-centered learning, uh, which is what uh, digital technologies really enable. So um, I've been very, in very interested and in, in, uh, I feel very lucky to be participating with um, a broad group of researchers here. Um, it's, it's interesting to be one of about 15, 15 co-authors on a paper. It's a very interesting experience. Uh, but of course, I've also um, written uh, things with uh, with Eunice, uh, and um, we we were uh, involved in a research project that was based in Malaysia uh, a few years ago, and uh, uh, we ended up writing a, a, a chapter in a book uh, about that experience. And uh, uh, it's called Mindset Change. Uh, it, that that term mindset change was was a term that one of the one of the participants came up with uh, in the workshops that we were running, and uh, that's the topic that they wanted to focus on. So we focused on that topic and we looked at um, uh, how we might develop some questioning skills using the QFT in that workshop. So that's just another example. Ah, and here's 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 a picture of. Uh, of uh, my research uh, interests uh, in, in a, as a concept map. You can see there all these different arrows and relationships between topics and things. Um, as you can see, sense-making and questioning and, and, and inquiry and how they're related to the digital environment and, human and the human-computer interface, etc. That's just another way of, of, of uh, depicting uh, my, my research interests. So, then what can I tell you about, um, I, I can also say that um, my, a lot of my professional career has, has been uh, 
um, in at the nexus of government and um, higher education with a, a, a little bit of interfacing with the vet sector and the schooling sector. I worked in government for quite a while and I've only been an academic in the last uh, uh, eight or ten years, but um, I have been involved in digital technology a lot and my summary uh, history of the web is that there's three phases so far and I like to like like to talk about those in broad terms search social and smart I'm also wondering actually whether there's um, there's possibly a fourth trend happening it could be happening now um, and and to keep in consistency with the s search social smart I'm thinking it's possible possible there's a potential there for us to be stupid um, with 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 the way that the web is evolving and I'll talk a little bit more about that soon so then just to just to um, uh, then set the scene a little bit more I just want to say a little uh, a few more things about uh, about search and and what I what I describe as the search paradigm um, we've all grown up to to uh, and, and we've all learned to just love uh, the power of Google we all love search we're all probably very good searches we all know how to um, uh, quickly find something most of us do um, some of us know how to search better than others and 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 there's some very powerful advanced uh, search techniques around that that uh, we can all learn to improve our search searching uh, techniques um, but essentially search for me and, and for most people it's, it's really just about information seeking um, and and search I, I describe it as the key operator it's the key operator and organizing technology um, for content on the web it is still that even though uh, I talk about three eras I uh, search is still very very important today um, but in in terms of inquiry and thinking about making sense of the world etc um, search is is limited it's it's limited because it's instigated by keywords and we can only find uh, discover the aboutness of content and and the retrieval of, of the content is always biased towards what what's described as explicit knowledge and I sometimes refer to this as the fast food approach to inquiry it's like the McDonald's Google is like the McDonald's on the web you know we're in and out just want to want to get the information get out of there and and a lot of us are just skimming across the information spaces in the web and and so my point here is that that queries search queries are not questions although some of them are some of them are probably there's a bit of an overlap so when when I talk about questions I like to think about questions uh, performing all these different kinds of things and sometimes questions are seeking the same things as as, as a search query they sometimes you might uh, just be asking a question where is the local pizza place uh, where is what's the closest taxi service etc that's just information and that's about facts um, so yes some questions and, and queries are, are the same thing but questions often are looking for answers and advice and explanations and a classic example with with explanations is is uh, you cannot get um, a clear necessarily a clear a single correct one explanation to to the question why are the Israelis and the Palestinians locked in such terrible conflict for so long 
there is not one answer to that question, but there are many, many, many kinds of explanations. And that kind of learning, engaging in, 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 in explanations and, and thinking about explanation uh, is really important uh, for learning, in my opinion. Questions also all about uh, understanding and, and thinking about reasons and rationale and dialogue. And sometimes questions are related to deeper questions. Instead of questions seeking answers, sometimes questions uh, bring back more questions. So my main point there is that search is not equal to questioning. Everybody okay so far? All good? Yeah, all good. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. I like to check. Um, one of the things I just, what reason I like to check and I, I like to interact is one of the things I get tired of with all this new normal and all the Zoom meetings and the different kinds of uh, this, this, this kind of uh, webinar sometimes is often uh, there's lots of talking heads and, and not so much interaction. And, and um, I think it's also important to have interaction, which is another reason why I like questioning. Anyway, I, I will keep going and we'll have time for questions. Okay, so then I just want to say a few words also about UX and, and my thoughts about origins and, and how UX relates to questioning and all that sort of thing. And so I've got a bit of a, a summary uh, view here about um, the connections between UX and HCI and, and the pre-web days. Um, which were all about object-oriented computing and mental models and, and the WIMP. The, the, the Windows icon mouse pointer was the big breakthrough uh, for designers. A uh, wonderful breakthrough when, when, when we had uh, Apple's, Apple computers do, uh, were the first to do that. And then we come to the Web 1 and, and uh, hypertext, hypermedia, finding stuff was what, what uh, HCI was all about trying to Design for and design better better workflows and, and and better experiences for for the user, and then Web two of course was the big game changer, uh, the, the the social web. Let's get social. Let's get portable with our services, mobile uh, computing, mobile learning services, collaboration, all these things, cloud computing. Uh, it was a whole new whole new web, and 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 the design issues around that. Uh, became uh, quite different because, uh, of course, the social experience uh, became more important than anything else. And then along came um, the, the the first wave of smart, and and when we first got our smartphones, and that's that's really um, that's nearly ten years ago now, I suppose, uh, even more. Um, so. Um, uh, Yes, uh, the, the beginning of smart, and so we're very much in, in, into that world. And 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 now, instead of the WIMP, the most important interface is the NUI, the the natural user interface, and uh, where we're swiping and touching and, and and doing all that doing all that easy stuff that's that's very personal uh, for us. But at the same time, the environment is smart because we have so many different touch points, so many different data points. Um, AI and the Internet of Things is also driving this new world of smart. And so a lot of the, the, the UX uh, decisions and, uh, there and, and the UX questions are all about, well, uh, how, how can we improve 
the user experience in this kind of environment. And so then again, I've put stupid there because it's always an option. We can be stupid in, in, in the decisions uh, that we make. Uh, and it's very easy to be stupid. I've, I've been stupid many times in my life, I can tell you. Um, but, you know, the, if we think about UX too, uh, the, the other key things about uh, UX, I guess, from my point of view, is, is it's all about the user and, and the origins where uh, in, in the marketing world and the business world, the customer is always right. And design thinking and, and the importance of user-centered design and, and I guess the move from usability testing that we that was really big uh, back in the uh, in the late 80s and, 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 and the 90s more towards something called desirability testing so that we're really improving the user experience. So where does questioning fit with all of that? So I've got a few ideas about that. I can tell a bit of a story here about my, my views and I can build a bit of a story. I think um, let's let's have a go at that. So I would like to just now um, also uh, bring up some other bigger picture ideas. And in education for, for 20, 20 years now, for 20 years, we've been talking about 21st century skills. Uh, and, and what's fundamental about 21st century skills, we, we still have literacy and numeracy as, as, a, as a foundation there. Uh, but we also have these other elements, uh, elements of character qualities, things about things like curiosity and initiative and persistence, adaptability, these things, but also what are often called the four C's, those, those, those critical competencies that are all around critical thinking communication, collaboration and creativity. But I like to think critical thinking is prob arguably, I would say, um, the most important C word there in, in the competencies and, and, and particularly in the world that we're living in, uh, we need to be very, very good at discerning uh, what is what is accurate information, what's truthful information. And we have this big problem on the social web where there's lots and lots of misinformation being, being propagated, lots of conspiracy theories and all sorts of uh, stuff. And so we need to be teaching um, all of, we need to be teaching our our kids and, and, and students and our, our teachers need to be learning skills all the time about how to discern uh, make 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 good judgments about the the kinds of information that we're working with so you know fake news post truth um uh, cambridge analytica uh, what 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 in fact what uh, what happened with uh, facebook and and cambridge analytica in at in the last uh, us election was uh, was very very big news and it's still playing out now and it's it hasn't gone away um it's all part of the the one thing um, and uh, I, I saw this uh, comic recently put out by the New South Wales Police in Australia um, um, in, in response to all the, um, the conspiracy theories about COVID. Here's um, the cyclist who's a conspiracy theorist, uh, not social distancing, but going out, uh, gets coronavirus and, and, and falls over and, and blames, it, blames it on 5G. Uh, we've all seen these kinds of theories. So then, moving on, 
um, to bring things to a, a, even closer to the here and now, if we do a bit of a search on, on questions and how people are dealing with questions, uh, questions are important. Uh, they're, they're useful for, for, for building a picture and building, you know, making sense of this new normal, making sense of this new world. So um, if, if we go to this website, uh, there's a series of really interesting questions that uh, UNICEF, UNICEF Australia has con compiled um, interviewing teachers over these last uh, two or three months. And the first question, uh, what's the hardest part about moving your classes online? It's not about technology, actually. It's all about time pressure. Very interesting. Uh, when when we dig into questions, uh, when we're interacting with uh, with technology, there's there's so many things that we need to think about uh, beyond the technology itself. Um, and that leads me to um, a, a website that I want to uh, make a, a bit of a noise about. It's called the Right Question Institute. Uh, it, it's got loads of resources on it um, that uh, that are very very useful for uh, for learning about uh, question formulation and micro democracy. Um, actually, when this website first began, it only had it was only a website profiling uh, the usefulness of the question formulation technique. Uh, it's since grown into something that's 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 uh, focusing on micro democracy and all sorts of other things as well. Um, but if you go to it, uh, you, you will see that there's there's all sorts of uh, useful tools there, uh, helping families ask questions, etc. Um, and uh, you also find information about this book, uh, a book which had a big impact on me uh, when I picked it up for the first time about, uh, when was it, maybe uh, 13 years ago. Um, and uh, it, this is where I first learned about the question formulation technique. And uh, you will see there, there's a there's a URL, and I'm assuming uh, Eunice, you, that these slides are easy. To, these slides can be distributed to to attendees. Um, that uh, there's there's some translation of some of these materials there in into Bahasa. So uh, I'd encourage you to have a look at some of that. And so then there's a question you might be thinking, what's, 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 what is common to UX and the QFT? Well, in, in, in simple terms, it's all about empowering the learner, okay? UX, it's the user, but you know, in education, the user is the learner, whether you're the educator or, or whoever you are, UX is all about the user, but pretty much it's all about empowering the learner. And the QFT, is all about changing the dynamics of the traditional classroom. Okay, so the traditional classroom is one in which we all know it very, very well. The teacher's at the front, the teacher is always asking the questions and the students are always, um, you know, answering the questions and answering the questions that the teacher is asking. What the QFT is really focused on is, is it's focused on changing that dynamic so that the teacher can help the student ask their own questions because when 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 the student when the learner asks their own question they're making sense of the world in their own way and they're using their own words uh their own questions to try and try and uh, uh gain better insight and better understanding about what is happening in the world 
So questions really very, very powerful. Uh, fundamental to learning, really, quest questions. Um, search is obviously very useful. There's lots of tools, other tools very useful. Questioning, in my view, is, is the fundamental uh, tool for learning. So there's lots of depictions out there uh, when we're when we're looking uh, to describe uh, student-driven learning. It's all you, you, there's many many uh, graphics like this on the web. Um, curiosity, collaborative, self-organized, engaged. You know, um, student-driven learning is engaged. It's all about the student being interested, wanting to learn. This is really important. Um, and so you know, there's there's many options if you if you if you uh, try to find resources uh, about this there's loads of resources on the web about uh, learner-centered design and and uh, uh, learner-centered uh, uh, pedagogy etc lots lots out there and lots of these kinds of graphics where you, where we see uh, you know the user in the middle uh, with all these uh, uh, different capacities like uh, exercising the importance of making sure we've got user agency as well as inquiry and collaboration and authenticity all these different kinds of characteristics that if if you're into ux uh, you need to be thinking about these kinds of things and and, and achieving some kind of um, uh, seamless way in which the user can can get to experience these kinds of affordances uh, with with technology lots of diagrams like this okay so let's just move on then um, this might be a time to pause uh, let, yeah let's just see if there's any any questions to date Eunice if we can and I'll just got to yeah. figure out how to um, stop okay. sharing this for oh there it is there I'll just stop sharing that for a minute. Okay. Um. Okay. I have this. Um, I'm going to share the mural. Yep. So I. Uh, yeah. Please, everyone who can get the access, go to the mural. And did you see all the anonymous ram cat? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Just join and um then john will give you some instruction what to do okay so that's so okay so this this is a mural for that uh that's for for posting up questions yes yes correct so so, the so, way so so on this on this mural if you want to this this looks like a powerful tool a little bit like padlet i suppose yeah um, so um, it looks like a very useful collaborative tool uh, for putting things up and for sharing uh, questions. Yeah. I've not I've not used this one before either, Eunice. Like I said to everybody, you're <laughs> always always showing me new tools. That's uh, it's, it's, this is good. Uh, so, so this looks like a very uh, useful tool then to um, to capture some questions. So maybe. Uh, if, if, if people want to th think about writing questions on there I've got some more uh, I can more slides I can talk through um, okay. yeah. so we so we I think we still have plenty of time but if yeah. people want to be thinking about questions uh, they'd like to ask me uh, to have some discussion about then um, this this is a good place to put it yeah uh, yeah uh, yeah so if you have any question to John 
uh, I mean, like uh, instead of writing down on the chat, maybe you can uh, write here in mural. So as a practice, is that okay with you, John? It's okay with me, and and of course, you know, whenever we're doing online learning, we sometimes we have a have a, a a chat session on the side. We're talking with other people. We're doing more than one thing. Often. Um, Nobody can always wants to listen to the person talking. Uh, sometimes that gets a bit boring, <laughs> and we have to do other things. But sometimes we want to think about something and and uh, and ask a question. So if if a question comes, um, this is the place to 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 put it for the moment. Well, this is this is one tool uh, that we can use uh, yeah. to to, okay. to do that. Okay, I'll so, sharing. Yeah, if you want to share your web. Uh, yeah, website. yeah. I, I will go back to my slides and and okay. I will I, I will continue. Um, but just so everybody knows where that is, I've just got to get back to my slides somehow. Remember how to do it. Okay, um, I'm nearly there. Are we there? Okay. So I, I also wanted to just um, make a couple of different comments about um, this is a, just a sideways comment because I, 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 I still think um, uh, I, I think thinking about the future, particularly with with what we can do uh, with digital technology, uh, the kind of uh, learning environment that we can that we can de design and develop into the future is is. Uh, is really important, and um, and so interestingly enough, a few years ago in 2016, um, this there was a, a group in uh, in Japan called the Yidan Foundation. They were working together with um, the Economist, uh, the magazine that uh, focuses on, on on economics around the world, and they decided that there needed to be a new global prize. Uh, for educators, uh, a little bit like um, uh, the, the Nobel Prize, which, which tends to always go to um, scientists and, 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 and people in medicine and, and, and that kind of thing, but um, or peacemakers, of course. Um, but um, uh, there's, so there's this new prize, and, and I just wanted to uh, point, point out that uh, the interesting thing about this prize was was that this particular educator at Stanford University has been doing research for, for many years, and she she was the person that, that coined the term the growth mindset, and she's become famous for for you know a simple insight uh, all about learning and teaching that uh, when when we're engaged in learning. Uh, we we can either have a fixed mindset about the content or the the, the learning that we're trying to get through, or, or or we can adopt a growth mindset. And she's been working with that idea for a long time. Of course, we all know all our friends, all the people around us. Uh, some people have fixed mindsets and some people have open mindsets. We know that to be true. But uh, Carol Dweck, this person who 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 was famous for this, uh, she she won four million dollars for this for this wonderful insight. So uh, I just wanted to share that with you and to also share with you um, the the, um, uh, the the Yidan Prize is also um, just starting, um, and it's 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 
creating uh, what uh, it's yet another in index. Now you'll be aware that around the world there were the, all these indexes for the ranking of universities and 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 some universities like MIT and Tsinghua University and and Cambridge etc. Et always come up to the top universities in the world and some of the other many other universities uh, go down in the rankings. But this is a new a new index all about thinking about the future. And, and it's all about, um, uh, you know, dealing with contemporary issues and, 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 and fine-tuning education systems so that we're dealing with the current problems of today and getting ready for tomorrow. And back in 2016, for the first year that it was introduced, New Zealand was seen as the best country in the world, followed by Canada and Finland. Finland's always at the top, it seems, with, with, with schools. But... Um, you know, as we go down, there's 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 many other uh, countries where there's room for improvement. Um, this has changed over the years. You you you'll see change in, in in this index, but I just wanted to point it out to you because um, I, I, I found it to be quite uh, a useful reference. Um, so, and I do see a connection with it, and 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 the world of questions. So, questions, and how do we support questions? How do we support questioning and, and, and what is the QFT? What I want to do now is just quickly give you a very quick introduction to the question formulation technique itself and um, uh, point out to you another platform that I, another digital platform that I, I like to use uh, as well. So uh, we, we'll get to use that in, in a moment. So um, if you're wanting to multitask and you've got your smartphone, and um, and uh, you want to uh, uh, you want to have a look at questions, then um, you, using this app, then you you go to uh, to Slido and you enter a code, and the code that you enter is Muda. Okay, it's it's Muda. So if you, if you go there, um, you will find uh, you can, you can get on. And you will find um, a poll uh, for for a, a simple question I'm asking, and there's there's either a poll or questions, and and you can be the first person to to ask a question. It's a way of collecting questions, and so this is just a digital tool to use on the side um, as well. Uh, and it's a it's a tool that I, I sometimes use in the classroom. Sometimes I don't use this tool. I prefer to use uh, just a, a working with someone and collecting questions um, uh, in an, in another way. But this is this is a way to collect questions, not not answers, just questions. So then, here's our quick introduction to the question formulation technique. What we do is we set up a teaching session. And we tell our students that we're just going to think about questions today. And uh, but what we need to do that is we need to agree on a question focus. So what you what you do with 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 your students in your class is you have a discussion for five minutes or so, and you come up with some idea. Um, maybe people want to just ask questions about COVID, or they want to ask questions about. Um, uh, contemporary music or some other some other thing that they want to pursue. Um, it's very very important that everybody 
makes that decision about the question focused together. So it's a little bit democratic, okay? That's the first step. And so the next step is we outline rules and we say, okay, we're, for the next 15 or 20 minutes, all we're going to do is we're going to ask as many questions as we can. So let's just, for example, go back to the first step and say that our, um, just for example, our question focus is teaching, teaching during COVID. Okay, so then the, the rules would be that uh, for the next 15 or 20 minutes, we're going to ask all the different kinds of questions we can possibly ask about um, teaching during COVID. So the rules are we have to ask as many questions as we can. We're not going to stop and discuss the quality of those questions or judge them or answer them and say, that's a good question or I don't understand your question. We're not going to have a conversation. We're just going to be quiet and we're going to just collect questions. We're going to write down every question exactly how it was said because it's important that that, that uh, your students see their question um, uh, asked exactly how it has been asked. It's the way they're thinking. It's their question. And then, of course, we have to change uh, any any statements into questions. So that's, that's they're the rules. And then there's an important principle here, and that is that all questions are equal. And then we pause and, and, and we think after that, that, that 15 or 20 minutes, and usually after, after that kind of uh, time span, you, you will have had many moments of quietness in the, in the classroom where people are pausing and they're thinking. They're thinking in questions. They're not thinking in answers. It's a big difference in the classroom when the, when the students are thinking in questions. So we have this pause and we have this thinking. And then we have a short conversation about how we might classify all the questions that we've written down. And many people in the classroom might come up with different ideas about how to do this. They might think, oh, hard questions, easy questions, uh, complicated questions. They might have all sorts of ideas. We don't tell them how we're going to categorize it yet, but we have this conversation first. And then it's quite possible that one of your students will also come up with this idea of open and closed. And so there's a difference, obviously, between open and closed questions. And they're the ones that we actually want. That's the way that we want to classify them. And we talk about the advantages and the disadvantages of each. Sometimes a closed question is very important because a closed question has a specific answer, yes or no, correct or not correct. You know, we, we, we need to have questions that, that are like that, but we also need to have questions that are probing and open and they're exploratory. Um, okay, so we have this experience of working, writing down questions, some of which, which are, have definite answers and some of them have open answers, okay? And then we have an exercise where we transpose one to the other so that the students get this experience of, of uh, changing their questions uh, from open to close. Mm. And that's when we prioritize the question and, and we might, um, you will find if, if you're looking at the Slido at the moment, uh, I'll just enter the code and get, into, get, get there myself to see if there's any questions. Uh, one moment into my smartphone. Muda. Okay, and if we go to the Q&A, no one's asked a question there yet. 
Okay, so but that's where we might find uh, questions, and and you will find that once you start to write questions into that kind of uh, interface, uh, that we can maybe have a vote. We can like some questions more than others, and and um, we then we we might find a couple of questions. Then we can design a new a new classroom activity about. Uh, an important question about the topic we're pursuing. So that's that's a, a, a quick run through of what this QFT is all about. Um, obviously, it's very it's not so easy in some ways to to run uh, a QFT workshop online. Uh, typically, we usually run these these uh, these sessions as classroom face-to-face uh, -face sessions, even though we're using making good use of technology in the classroom, but um, uh, that's the, that's the process. Okay, so I think I've I've uh, done quite a bit of of, of time here, um, Eunice. It's uh, I think we still have about fifteen minutes to go, but um, uh, I thought I'd uh, just try to wrap it up there to to see if we do actually have questions about my presentation. I'm very happy to answer any questions. Okay. Okay, uh, John, we have a lot of questions, but it is in... Um, in the uh, mural? It's um, okay. It's in the mural, so... No problem. Yeah, okay, so... Uh, I'll just share the question again. Do you do you want to change this question, like to, to, to go through all the rules, or...? Uh, no, 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 I don't. I just, all I wanted to do with, 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 with this was just to, to give um everybody who's online tonight just just a, a, a taste an introduction of 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 a technique and a tool um, or, or a couple of tools now we're using mural as as well as slido uh, obviously uh, mural is working better but i wanted to show how slido works as well because it's also a free tool that you can use uh if you want and if you want uh, to be using making use of the smartphone as well um, but here we have some questions. Yeah, we have a lot of questions here. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the question is here, like, uh, how to foster student enthusiasm in distant learning? Ah, well, <laughs> uh, that's a good that's a good question because it's it, it, I think there's two two parts to how we go about doing that. Uh, number one is we need to find um what the student is interested in i think it's really important to to have you know everyone's different and you know some people are, are interested in astronomy and some people are interested in cookery some people are interested in fashion and some people are interested in motorbikes uh, whatever it is uh, I, I think it's important um, we, we need to we need to in, we need to engage with our learners we need we need to understand what what their interests are and 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 so i think um ha getting to know your students and and their interests is a very important thing uh, as a first step and and so then i think engagement of of course is is the absolute key to all effective in, all effective teaching you can't uh, make progress in education if if you cannot get some kind of in, engagement. So, um, how do you foster that? Um, I think there's there's probably a lot of tricks we can use. Uh, we 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 might want to use um, 
some kind of uh, a game that the, the, the you, depending on on the student how old the student is that um, uh, or, or some kind of discussion a activity um, but you know I think we we have to make it interesting and we have to find ways to actually engage um, and then the, the process of fostering in enthusiasm is students need to need to need to feel good about their learning they need to feel good about the experience and so um, just like what I said before about uh, zoom meetings sometimes I say I have so many zoom meetings now at work and and at the end of the day sometimes I tell my my colleagues oh, I'm so zoomed out too too many too much zoom um, and my, I'm a little bit brain dead from all of that and too many talking heads on the screen and and so we need to need to find activities and uh, things to do which are not uh, just about talking heads um, so I think that's that's one there's just some thoughts to that question so then which question next um, okay if search isn't questioning why there is questionnaire as research as research tools okay that that's okay um, I think if we think about uh, search and questioning um, there's an overlap I think some 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 questions some search queries and some questions are identical you know um, where can I find the local pizza place it's it's an information seeking question um, and so yeah search and question questioning can be the same so why is there a questionnaire okay as, as a research tool well a questionnaire is really a series of questions isn't it um, I'm not sure whether I understand clearly all the intended meaning of that question but um, if whoever wrote that question wants to ask me some more Ya, okay. yang tanya pertanyaan ini boleh uh, apa namanya menjelaskan. Maybe you can explain like uh, what is uh, what is your uh, question? What does your question mean? Or you are are you happy with the answers from John? Anda sudah happy dengan uh, apa namanya jawapan dari John? Okay, maybe the people are happy. <laughs> okay, that's good. Quietness is sometimes happy, but sometimes people are shy. This, yeah. this is this is the thing. So you can be bold and you can just turn on your mic and say, actually, no, mm -hmm. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, okay, so another question. Hello, John. In the world characterized by contagious information spread, could you please explain the way we can focus to choose the right and relevant information so you know there's lots of things we can do to do that and 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 one thing we need to do is is encourage critical thinking and and we need to encourage critical thinking about the information sources and so we need to be um, having conversations with with our students about where they're sourcing their information um, uh, where is it published is it from a, 
uh, a, a good source or is it just uh, circulating from your friends on, on, on Facebook or WhatsApp or is it some social media myth that is being propagated? Uh, because we, we, we're now living in this world full of misinformation. So um, it, it's almost like uh, I, I think we need to have a topic in, in the curriculum <laughs> called misinformation um, and, and finding... Uh, you know, using our human intelligence to 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 look uh, closely at the information and where it's coming from, and understanding things about uh, the 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 URL uh, where it's come from. For example, uh, is it is it uh, from a, a, an important uh, news source, or is it from just some some social media? For example, uh, lots 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 of lots of ways we can think about think about that but I think the, the fundamental thing is 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 activities uh, which are uh, questioning based on questioning uh, sometimes I, I, I don't know whether you've uh, ever heard of uh, the the questioning technique called the five whys um, the Toyota company uh, uh, was famous for introducing that technique maybe 20 years ago uh, on the production line when something wasn't working as well as uh, it was expected uh, from the designers. Um, then the, the the company introduced this technique called the five whys. Don't ask just one why question. Why is this happening? Uh, if you if you can get an answer to a first answer, then you have to ask why <laughs> again, and then you cascade that down, asking why five times over, so that you can that that you can really interrogate and scrutinise the 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 information and and the problem that you're looking at. So we've got another question there. Um, I've I've lost the. Oh yeah, go. yeah, here go. Um. Which one is better, teachers giving question or students asking question? Well, the whole—I think the whole point at the moment, you know, yes, teachers are important, very, very important, because the teachers do have expertise and and the teachers do have good judgment about important questions to ask. I understand that, and and I wouldn't say it's it's necessarily an either or question here on either or answer uh, because obviously sometimes teachers questions are, are so important but the point i'm trying to make here too with with using tools like the question formulation technique is that if you it's very easy to learn by the way it's very very easy just to try this out so i'd encourage you to have a go and, and, and to do that because if, if you get a taste for it you will experience your students um, learning how to think in questions and, and if they ask their own questions it's so much more powerful for them in in the way that they construct their own knowledge about the world and so I'm a big fan of, of um, student-centered teaching and giving empowering students so that they can ask their own questions I think, I, I think it, it's a very very important skill and, and students need these skills uh, these questioning skills, particularly in the current digital environment. Uh, we can't just be passive learners listening. 
listening to the talking heads, listening to the teachers, answering the questions, uh, looking at the social media feeds, looking at the content, looking at our smartphones, always looking, 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 um, in, in engaging with social conversation, but not, we, we need to learn about um, questioning, having, having a good look, being scientific, actually. Mm. Being, being scientific about um, uh, about the world of information that we live in. Well, that's good. I think there's a one last question from Dian. Which one is better, open or closed? Can we combine them? Uh, yes, we can combine them. And, and Dian, sometimes in this technique, when you try to categorize a question, it's it's actually not so easy. <laughs> um, uh, sometimes there is a there is a fuzzy boundary between the closed question and 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 the open question, and you only only discover that when you start working with 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 the technique. But um, uh, I would say that closed questions, um, actually, what I do say often is that all questions are equal. I think that's a very important principle when 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 we're learning because we don't know um, where our questions will lead. Uh, sometimes some questions uh, have precise answers. Uh, in mathematics, for example, if we're asking the question, uh, what is the sum of two plus two? Well, we know that there's just one correct answer there and, and we have to work with closed kinds of questions. But we, if we're asking questions that, that are about cultivating a sense of, of, of wonder and a sense of, of inquiry, uh, about the world, then I think open questions are really powerful for that purpose. Thank you, John. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I just want to ask something from the audience. Um, well, this is uh, it's quite unusual, but then I have a, I know two people here, like they are doing a lot uh, related to questions, like uh, recently. So, Bulia, are you there? Bu Ocha, are you there? Do you want to share your experience of uh, like a writing question or asking questions like uh, during your user research? Wocha, maybe you want to go first? Wocha mungkin bisa share dalam bahasa Indonesia kalian. Um, <laughs> you are, atau Bulia, boleh ada di sini Bulia? I don't think Bulia is not shy. Oh, She's no, no. No, it's another Ibulia. Ibulia oh. Asmari. Ah, yeah. another one. Dan Ibu Ocha. Ibu Ocha. <laughs> ya, mungkin bisa sharing pengalamannya untuk uh, sharing apa namanya uh, develop uh, atau membuat pertanyaan untuk research. Maybe you can share your experience like when uh, uh, writing questions for your research. <laughs> mungkin, 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 mungkin. <laughs> Mungkin tidak. Mungkin tidak. <laughs> okay. Uh, ya, mungkin ada teman-teman yang lain mau share hari ini. Um, ini ada pertanyaan kalau nggak ada dari pas uh, there is another question here from Stefanus. Is yeah. there any prerequisite to make sure critical thinking works as people are living uh, within uncertainty during this pandemic season? For instance, the case of toilet paper disinfectant our impact of contagious information oh i'm i'm not quite sure i understood the question uh, j just the first part again please Eunice. uh yeah is there any prerequisite to make sure critical thinking works 
as people are living within uncertainty during this pandemic session for yeah. instance, the case of toilet paper disinfectant are impact of contagious information yeah it's a good question <laughs> uh is a pre-work look critical thinking i mean there's not enough critical thinking in the world because it, all we know some people think they can drink disinfectant they can drink bleach uh they can do all sorts of crazy things uh and and COVID will go away so you know um i think uh what is important about critical thinking is maybe uh, connecting critical thinking to scientific thinking also because I, there's so so many uh, conspiracy theories uh, around these days and and um, this is why this is why we need to get better sharper kinds of critical thinking and and I don't think we can develop critical thinking if if we if we don't develop our questioning skills we we have to learn how to question things. I think is my answer there. I, okay. I don't know. Don't know whether. Don't know whether I understood the question um, properly, but that's my answer so far. Well, uh, Wisnu, do you do you want to answer or uh, question further? Hi, John. Hi. Hi, Wisnu. Selamat malam, Pak. Selamat malam. Yeah. Uh, batik behind you. Yeah, behind you. you like yeah. the batik? Is, is, yeah, yeah. Actually, actually yeah. you know, behind my batik is my big mess. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm in my home office. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is working in in, in within their home and. My question is related to uh, what happened in the world right now that we are uh, living in uncertainty uh, sessions. People worry about many things because of the COVID. And then uh, at the same time, there is a huge information we consume every day. So yeah. it is very hard to implement uh, critical thinking skills in the it, sessions it, related it, to, to, yeah. It's very hard, apart. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, uh, yeah, gee, it, it, it is very hard because we have a flood. We have a flood of information, and and of course yeah. we have we have, and because it's such a, it's such a big change. Very quick, this one came for for everybody. Is a huge uncertainty. Actually, my view is, uh, it's always uncertain. You know, if, if we're living life here and now, we don't know what the future is. We cannot, we, you know, we maybe the sun will come up tomorrow. We know this one, perhaps, and we will have breakfast in the morning and all of the, all of these things. But of course, there is uh, with uncertainty uh, comes a lot of things, a lot of negative things like uh, stress and anxiety and and worry and all these things actually many of our students and even our, our, our friends and colleagues have these problems of anxiety and uh, be, because of this situation. So we didn't have that before at, in, in, in education. So we, we also have to be mindful about how to, how to have the conversation with the people who are very anxious and stressed out and worried and 
they're going to lose their job. There's no money. We can't can't buy the food for the family. Um, all these things uh, become real. But but I think what a big lesson for the whole world is that uh, human being is biological. <laughs> the the virus is biological, and it it does does, does not discriminate because we uh, we are rich or we are poor or we are Christian or Muslim or Buddhist or what. It doesn't matter. Uh, we actually we're human beings, and we get sick <laughs> when we get the COVID. Um, and so it is something to worry about. So yeah, we, we we do need to worry, but we have to we have to also do things that make us um, a little bit resilient to that to that kind of. Th so we, we have to do practice every day about trying to be resilient and mindful of the information flood. And and because of that, we we have to have conversations about is this information real? Uh, what how can we know it's real? Uh, what can we do to find out whether this information is correct? You know, we ha we we have to we have to ask more questions. I think. I hope that answers your question, Vishnu. <laughs> so thank you so much, John, for coming. John just like uh, share his um, uh, email address. Email address. So you can use the email address if you want to contact him. Uh, yeah. So. So that's good and uh, well thank you very much everybody and this yeah, uh, yeah. yeah you're thank, you, thank, thank you for listening thank you thank you thank you thank you john thank you very much everybody thank I, thank I will sign you. out okay yeah. bye 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 bye, bye. 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 bye.